0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Voidware where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom on Thursday, January 25th. It is 1.29 p.m. Michigan football doesn't have a head coach. We will get into that. Jim Harbaugh obviously leaving. Yesterday for the Los Angeles Chargers, we did a pretty extensive reaction podcast on Wednesday night, but we wanted to check in again on our normal Thursday podcast, talk about what's next as well, and then uh, get you out of here and heading into the weekend. But AB, I wanted to, uh, first of all, please uh, like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. We also have our premium offer for YouTube and podcasts, uh, listeners and uh, viewers. Promo code UM1 over at TheWolverine.com gets you two months of premium access for just $1. So basically free. It's kind of like a two-month free trial, but that's an exclusive offer for podcast listeners. And there's no better time to join us right now. We have technically a coaching search underway for Michigan football. uh, And there will be a lot going on with Transfer Portal, assistant coaching hires, coordinators, all of that as we move forward. So perfect time to join us at Uh, TheWolverine.com. AB, I wanted to start with a little bit of cleanup from what we talked about yesterday, because then uh, I think the report that really started to make the rounds last night from the Detroit news, Angelique Shangellis who does a tremendous job reporting on Michigan football. uh, But that basically, you know, had sourcing from the Harbaugh side of things that said that, you know, when Michigan came in with that big offer yesterday and conceded on some of the requests that he wanted for, um, you know, the, the different protections against the NCAA, you know, they basically came in at the 11th hour and it was, you know, probably a few hours, if not a few days or, or weeks too late. Um, and again, I, I, I wrote about this uh, for a column this morning. None of that guarantees, you know, if you would have given Jim Harbaugh a bigger salary or the protections he wanted and granted him basically everything he asked for, it still doesn't guarantee that he leaves. In fact, or that he stays. In fact, I think he would have gone still, but again, it's part of that that thing that we keep going back to, which is the you know, maximizing the opportunity for yourself to retain an elite coach like this. So, in that respect, I think Michigan handled this poorly. At the same time, the outcome may not have been different. I think that is an important thing to note as we talk about this coaching change and Jim Harbaugh's departure. It may not have changed anything, but it doesn't mean that it was handled the best that it possibly could have been.
1: No, because I honestly, and let me make one thing clearer right off the bat. I think that he was going regardless. I think we're both kind of in lockstep on that. I agree. Uh, because we've talked about this several times now that when you are as devout to football as he is, there's no grander pursuit. He's not going to, he didn't leave for the NFL knowing that he's going to get a Super Bowl trophy. It's the pursuit of one that is a borderline religious experience for a guy like that. So in that regard, and really, as far as we know, this is the first time he's had a concrete offer in his nine years as Michigan's head coach. So I want to make it very clear from the jump. I think he was going regardless. At the same time, I don't think you can sit here as athletic director Ward Manuel, as president Santa Ono, as members of the board of regents and look yourself in the mirror and say that you did everything you possibly could to support this guy and give him what he needed to basically make him your, your, your coach for the rest of his football life. And it's no guarantee of anything, but when you look at the way that this was handled, even going back to, I mean, I keep pointing back to last January Uh, Some of us will go all the way back to January of 2021 with the, the pay cut and things like that. But the messaging is the same in that I don't think that anyone involved in this negotiation from a Michigan side of things can truly lay their head down at night and say that they did everything in their power to secure him for the rest of his days. And it may not have been enough, but I just feel like, it was. Uh, I'll stop short of saying it was botched because we don't know that there's anything that could have kept Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor, but it does feel like it was. Uh, you know what? What is, you know? What did he always say? Like you play as long as you can, as hard as you can, as well as you can. And I don't think that uh, that Michigan's administration did that.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I felt like that was kind of important to to start out with because it was largely driving a lot of the discussion late night on social media last night, probably after we wrapped up the the Wednesday night show and, you know, something that we kind of talked about a little bit, but maybe not specifically with, with that reporting, which was obviously a great job by Angelique. And, and look, she also pointed out the, you know, what Ward Manuel said in his statement and what Santa Ono said in his statement, which are important too. I mean, they said we were trying to make him the highest paid coach in the country. And even if it was late in the process, uh, they did that. I think it was too late. I think we both said that yesterday as well. <clears throat> But that's kind of where that stands. Um, kind of just day after thoughts as well, just on the the Jim Harbaugh tenure. I I wrote about this uh, as well that came out this afternoon. But you know, surrounding the the notion that Jim Harbaugh was basically born and raised to coach Michigan. If if you think about it, born December twenty third, nineteen sixty three in Toledo, spends you know time around the game of football basically his entire life. Um, you know, said that at, at age four, four, he says four and a half, which is very specific. He definitely remembers this exact moment, but he says he would play as long as he can, then coach, then die. He's done two of the three. The other one's going to happen to everybody. Um, but he did it at Michigan, you know, for so many years. Um, and Ari Wasserman from The Athletic, whether or not Michigan fans love a lot of what he says, you know, had a great tweet last night, which was, there are all these saviors of the program, right? I mean, Scott Frost comes to mind as one, but a lot of them, they come back, they're the prodigal son and they fail. You know, it's whether it's the pressure or just the fact that, I mean, what are the odds that a guy who happened to play there, you know, is also going to be really the savior of a program. I mean, one, the fact that you need a savior means the program was down. It's hard to get them out of a rut like that. You could go on and on for the reasons why these guys fail, but Jim Harbaugh is one of the few that didn't fail in fact it was it was a success and maybe it didn't go exactly how you thought it was going to with championships immediately but i think when you look back at the landscape of college football the inherent you know speed bumps you have at a place like michigan being in the midwest i mean where there haven't been many national champions over the last 20 30 years um you know it's it's impressive and it's it's incredible and Michigan's lucky that he he did come back because you know I don't know where this program would have been if if he didn't um but just the fact that the the savior thing really did kind of come to fruition
1: it's hard to do you know how many how many coaching cycles do we have where someone gets labeled a home run hire and then again Lincoln Riley at USC home run hire right. Brian Kelly at LSU home run hire. i mean and those those guys their story is still to be written but Sure. You know, the only time I can ever think of that quote unquote home run hire paying off as well as it did for Michigan is Nick Saban in Alabama and Urban Meyer at Ohio State. And yeah. those are guys you're talking about is two of the best, you know, regardless of how you feel about them, two of the best head coaches in the history of the sport. So um, for Michigan, again, you, you look at this Harbaugh era as a whole. And I think you know, there's kind of been this false narrative painted uh, because some people's brain, like, there's like people who have post COVID brain and pre COVID brain in terms of I'm talking about that season. I'm talking about any of the symptoms. I was gonna
0: COVID. say you you're really going there.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm just saying you know when you, you when you look back at you know 2015 through 2019, uh, Bill Connolly put out something, uh, ESPN, uh, you know his SP plus uh, Harbaugh's SP plus history. You know, as a team that finished 14th in 2015, fourth in 2016, 12th in 2017, 6th in 2018, 11th in 2019. So this narrative that like the, the Harbaugh era was total crap or a total disappointment to that point. Yes. Did they beat did they beat Ohio State to that point? No. Had they won a Big Ten title yet? No. They were spot away from doing both of those things in 2016 and it didn't work out. And. And so no one else was beating
0: that, Ohio State either, by the way.
1: No, I mean, Urban Meyer lost, what, like two games in Big Ten play? I don't know what the exact stat is, but, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh's biggest sin of that era is that he couldn't beat Urban Meyer, who I just invoked like 45 seconds ago as one of the best head coaches in the history of college football. So, at a
0: place where it's more – it's easier to win, you know. Exactly.
1: So when I look at this era as a whole, um, it, it was it was a massive success. And – I know people didn't expect it to take seven years to win a Big Ten title. Uh, you know, national title, that's not a slam dunk. The same way that a Super Bowl is not a slam dunk, but to even get one of those in nine years is impressive. And, you know, this run over the last three years, um, it was it was remarkable. And that was earned, too. And, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to, uh, you know, this, this run over the last three years You know, if you want to have the debate about who's the best coach in Michigan football history, I think you can still have that debate with the other guys thrown in. But nobody at Michigan, you know, since they've been wearing helmets that weren't made of leather, has had a better three-year run than Jim Harbaugh has. And for that, he's a legend. And, uh, you know, people will argue, did he earn the right to go? Didn't he earn the right? The fact of the matter is, is that you had one of the best coaches at any level of the sport coaching you for nine years when all it took was a no from him back in twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen, and David Cutcliffe is your head coach, or someone that would not have done all of these things right. as your head coach. So um, it's bittersweet for Michigan fans, but uh, to have a decade like that is uh, you know don't don't forget how dark t- two thousand you know eight through two thousand fourteen were. I mean, those were dark dark times that no one ever thought they'd come out of, and they did. And uh, salute to him, and, and we'll see what happens from here.
0: Yeah, one of the reasons why they weren't as dark as they could have been was John Beeline, what he did on the basketball side. Jim Harbaugh the last couple of years kind of doing that on the football side. But here's hoping that both programs able to, um, you know, Michigan football continue the success. Michigan basketball obviously get back on the right side of that uh, because it's a, it's a hell of a lot more fun when they're both great, right? in um, Michigan's one of the few programs or few athletic departments in the country that can do that at the same time. If you look at it, they're really, Florida had a run there, um, but there aren't too many athletic departments that are able to sustain a really good football team and a really good basketball team. For whatever reason, it's just a hard thing to do. Michigan's been able to do it, uh, you know, and hopefully they can get back to that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Uh, next steps. We talked about it last night. I mean, Sharon Moore is the obvious pick as Michigan's head coach by all Accounts. I mean, that is going to be the hire for Michigan. Also talked about the seven-day period here by state law because Michigan's a public institution that they may have to have to post the the job posting. <clears throat> and look, I think everyone kind of knows it's Sharon Moore. It would be a lot more convenient if they're able to actually make that hire official as soon as possible. Now uh, they could get a waiver don't know how that works. Our Chris Ballas reporting this morning that, you know, even they weren't sure and they haven't gone through this before. So they're not sure which to which I would say, I mean, they should have been looking into this probably in the the days or weeks or months uh, before this, because there was a possibility this was going to happen. Uh, But getting that done as soon as possible is huge. Then you can work on the coaching staff. Then you can work on the players as well. But Uh, you know, and I know, again, we talked about this in the show last night, but, uh, basically, you know, we're checking in here on, on Thursday afternoon to say that, you know, none of that has happened yet, but, uh, clearly the, the sooner, the better would be, would be, uh, the, the theory there for Michigan.
1: Well, hopefully a waiver is easier to obtain than a TRO was just, I'll just lead by saying that, um, that doesn't give me any confidence that anything's going to get through, but, uh, yeah, Connors, um. You know, there was. a am sp- not. I don't want to out or, or make anyone look stupid, but there was. You know, we get these marketing emails from sports books, and one of them sent me one like an hour ago that had Sharon Moore at plus two hundred to be Michigan's next head coach, which was the leading candidate. But did you bet it? Let me just say this: um, if you find any sports books that are offering you plus two hundred, put however much money you're you're comfortable spending on it because it's free money. It's gonna be Sharon Moore. Um, you know that there's. You know, if the timing was a little bit different, if there was an alternate universe where Kalen DeBoer was available and not just hired at Alabama, you'd that have would to have been. Him. Yeah, you. That I mean, that's a that's when we start talking about national search. But, um, you know, Sharon Moore is a candidate. I've seen some people throw Lance Leipold in there, Chris Kleiman. Those guys are good coaches, but again, um, I don't think you can sell that to me as a tangible upgrade unless Sharon Moore goes into a meeting with Ward Manuel and just doesn't have a good plan because you know he still does have to have and sell a plan it can't just be we're going to do all the things that we that we were doing already um he's going to have to bring his own flavor to it as well um but i think this is the best course of action moving forward i think that obviously we've talked about roster continuity and one of the things that was tied into this this 7 day waiver uh you can get it if, if it's determined to be something that's you know beneficial for your business or, or if it needs to be expedited. I would argue having your players poached is important to business. I don't know if the letter of the law sees it that way. Um, but, you know, Sharon Moore has the support of, of former players. He's got the support of the guys already on the roster. And anyone acting like there's going to be some mass exodus, I, I'd assume that if we're going to see portal movement, it's going to be after spring ball because – Guys are enrolled now. They're in class. Like it's it's really tough to do that, even though the portal is open to them. Suppose you could always announce an intent to transfer, but these guys, these guys have been prepared for this. I think there's been a there's been a knowledge that it's gonna if it's not Jim, it's Sharon. I believe that recruits have have been told the same thing on the trail. If you talk to our recruiting guys, so I don't see this being like a bumpy transition, like it was for a Washington or an Alabama. Again, assuming that he is the guy that gets the job, so. Um, Again, the next steps from there, we talked about it last night. You know, I think that whether Jesse Minter is destined for the NFL or not, you've got to make him an offer to make him the highest paid assistant in college football and let him make that decision. Uh, You have to retain Ben Herbert, which I I think they'll be able to do. You know, a lot of people are surprised the Spanos family stepped up and gave Jim Harbaugh what he needed to make that jump to the NFL. So I certainly – I mean, if Jim Harbaugh insists on having him – Maybe they cut a check, but you know, strength coach is just not as important as they are at the college level, given these guys have their own personal trainers and whatnot in the NFL. I think they'll be able to retain him. And then it's all eyes are on Ward Manual, all eyes are on this Michigan administration in making sure that Sharon Moore is as supported and NIL is as streamlined. And, you know, it, it's time to start doing quite frankly, uh, it's time to start doing business like a team that is the winningest program in college football and is coming off of a national championship. There's no excuse not to do that. And and if you're against that, if you're someone who's resistant to that, there's the door because this is not, you can't just plug in Sharon more like they did on game day and just say, Oh, well, here we go. Train keeps rolling. No, this is going to operationally look a lot different. Mm-hmm. Assuming again, that Sharon is the guy. So Those are the next steps as far as I'm concerned and where it goes from there. I mean, you're going to need to replace at least one staff member on the offensive side of the ball. Um, If Sharon is elevated, uh, I think, you know, if Minter goes, I assume Rick Minter probably goes too. So those are two spots on defense need to backfill. If Jay Harbaugh goes, that's a spot you need to backfill. So the sooner they can get this done, the better, because then you do get that finality uh, heading into Making preparations for spring ball and all that. So um, that's my long-winded response to to what's next.
0: You know what's funny is <clears throat> going back to the TRO. <clears throat> you mentioned if they did get that, Sharon Moore wouldn't have had those three games as Michigan's interim head coach, and people would be feeling a lot differently about it. So maybe Tim Connors, the judge there, you know, I wouldn't say did him a favor because I think everyone. Still, even in hindsight, would have been a little more comfortable with Jim Harbaugh on the sideline, and just the fact that it's it seemed like justice if you seemed like he deserved to be out there. But what if, you know, they didn't get that, and we didn't get to see Sharon Moore be the head coach in those big games? It's just something to kind of ponder as we sit here today. And then I also had another what if that came to my mind as I was thinking about this. What if Dan Enos didn't spend ten days or whatever it was at Michigan because he was at central with Sharon Moore? Then he comes to Michigan for what, uh, again, 10 days as an offensive assistant. I don't even think he had an official job title yet. And he told Jim Harbaugh about Sharon Moore, a huge reason why Sharon's here. And he probably wouldn't have been discovered by Jim Harbaugh had those conversations not happened and had, you Enos know, not come to Michigan. So just, just a couple of things to, to think about, AB.
1: Yeah. Can I, this was where I was going with my rant before, but I, I think that, a lot of people are uncomfortable at the thought of, I, I wouldn't say uncomfortable. I think most people are on board with it if it's Sharon Moore. Uh, there are some people who are like, well, you know, look at what happened at Stanford with David Shaw. And, you know, yeah, they had success early. It tapered off. First off, I think if you have that four or five years of success right off the bat with Sharon Moore, it's worth it. One thousand percent. And, you know, Michigan is a, is a school that has the infrastructure to build off that. It's not like Stanford where, it's a lot more stringent to get guys in and you know you don't quite have the same pipelines from a recruiting perspective, but you know, if Sharon Moore was the offensive coordinator for Alabama or Washington or Texas, just look at the other teams in the college football playoff and his name popped up as a candidate for this job or any job. I think a lot of people would be super comfortable with what he brings to the table from a recruiting perspective, from an offensive play calling perspective. This isn't a, uh, you know, I know it's automatically going to draw the oh it's, look, Michigan has a coach that's born on third base now, which by the way, he is one and zero against Ryan Day. People forget that Ryan Day got beat by the substitute teacher. Um, I think Sharon Moore, you know, could have had a power five job last go around. I think if things played out differently at Michigan, he could have maybe had one in this cycle. Certainly would have had one next year. Um, but he's 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 ready for this, and he's up for it. He's qualified for it. Some of the, some of his uh, again, operationally, we'll see if if he's the guy, if he holds on to play calling duties or if, you know, a Kirk Campbell is elevated and it's kind of like a passing game coordinator type thing. Again, this is all speculative right now, but he's qualified for this job. Make no mistake about it. And, you know, for the people that would prefer national search or to look outside the family, I don't I, I think there's at least one major recent example, recent being 15 years ago of why that's probably not the way to go moving forward. So uh, I think that coming off of the last three years, coming off of winning a national title where Sharon Moore was credited for four of those wins, right? Or at least a few of them uh, in the official record books. You got to feel about as comfortable as you could possibly, you know, if this was, we talked about this too. This was two years ago when it was just 2021 happened. It was a great season out of nowhere. And then he leaves. Maybe you're scrambling a bit, but, this is a guy, you know, talk so much was made about Biff Poji being Jim Harbaugh's right hand man, but Sharon Moore has been that Ben Herbert has been that they've been the hands of the King, so to speak, if you like to use that type of, uh, that language about it, but he's qualified and, and they're, they're ready for this. And he'll, he, he would add some different flavor. He's going to put his own touch on it as the guy that has to set the schedule and everything like that. But he has been prepared for this. And, uh, I think that if it is Sharon, this is what Jim Harbaugh would have wanted. I think Michigan's comfortable with that, and that's why. Again, if you see any sportsbook offering you plus odds on him being your next head coach, like tell me how much you want me to send you. Like I'll get in on it with you. So,
0: well, speaking of the schedule too, thank God they moved spring ball back from Valentine's Day because they do have a couple things to figure out here in in uh, you know the next several weeks. Ab, uh, you got a word from Lewis Jewelers, is that right? Yes, we'd be remiss if we didn't shout
1: out our friends over at Lewis Jewelers. Uh, Folks, you know about them. Uh, They've been serving the Ann Arbor and Detroit region since 1921. Lewis Jewelers reputation and continued success stems from the belief that a successful jewelry store is built on integrity, quality customer service and quality products. Uh, Lewis Jewelers are of course a proud partner of Michigan athletics and the Wolverine.com and the Wolverine magazine. And to ensure Every client that walks through their doors or peruses the virtual store is taken care of. They have a non-commissioned trusted advisor. That's always ready to provide professional experience, advice, and expertise, no pressure, no commissions. They're going to help you make a decision and a purchase that's that's right for you. So head on over to their location over at 300 South Maple road in Ann Arbor or online over at lewisjewelers.com. And thank you uh, Keith and company for your continued support of us and of Michigan athletics.
0: And last thing, um, I did want to go back to Ben Herbert real quick, and just, feel like it's worth mentioning that he has roots here in Ann Arbor now. He's been here for a while. I think that could be something that would also, you know, be attractive to you know for for Michigan to to keep him attractive for him to want to stay. His nephew as well, Zach Ludwig, also is a signee in the twenty twenty four class, linebacker potential long snapper uh, that is coming in and. You know, I, I think that that would also play a factor. And he also has great relationships with the other guys on staff, not just Jim Harbaugh, even though those two obviously have pretty much as close of a bond as you can get. I remember the video after the Rose bowl of those two hugging and, and doing kind of, they have like a, like a special handshake. Um, was pretty incredible, but you're right. I mean, I, I saw a tweet yesterday. I, don't, I haven't done the research on it, but I don't think there's been a strength coach, in the nfl that has made over a million dollars yet there are a couple in college football that have done that and ben herbert's one of them of course that commands a a, you know salary that's over a million dollars so i think those are some reasons as well where he may want to stick around Uh, also our guys ej holland and zach libby reporting today about assistant coaches being on the road so if you're kind of worried about the lull here in the delay in that Michigan doesn't have a head coach. I mean, it seems like everything else is pretty fully operational. These guys were on the road in the last few days, in the last couple of weeks and continue to be Ron Bellamy uh, in the Dallas area today uh, is part of his swing. He was in Houston. I think the other day as well, Grant Newsom, Michigan's tight ends coach. He's on the East coast, making some stops with recruits. And then Kirk Campbell is in Ohio, uh, today slated to see, um, and then also the Carolinas, but that's where he will see 2026 top 100 quarterback Faison Brandon. Steve Klinkscale as well is in Detroit where he has a lot of ties and has done a great job recruiting, stopping by Cast Tech, Belleville, and King today. So these guys are still representing Michigan on the recruiting trail, continuing that momentum that, that Michigan has right now, and I think that's really important as Michigan moves forward. Here, even though there might be a delay here, it's something maybe they can't prevent in terms of making that official hire. And it'll be interesting too, Anthony, what uh what these recruits are saying in terms of what uh the messages from these Michigan assistants that are on the road. So we'll have more about that at the Wolverine.com. EJ Holland and Zach Libby joining us working around the clock here as uh as Michigan is searching, quote unquote, for a head coach. But I, I just think that's important too, that that these coaches are on the road and there does seem to be clear vision as to what's going to happen here in the next, you know, in the near future.
1: Yeah. And, and one of the biggest misconceptions about, you know, the last 17 days since the national title is that Jim Harbaugh has been gallivanting around the country while his staff is sitting in the boardroom at Schimbeckler hall with the lights turned off freezing because someone turned the, the, the heat off. And no, these guys have been out working. Sharon Moore has been out working. Um, and again, I, I think the feedback from a lot of the recruits that we've seen EJ and Zach talk to is that, you know, they love Sharon more. Uh, Michigan's been pretty upfront about with them about what could possibly take place. Now, again, um, one of the bigger disappointments of the last three years is that, you know, you haven't been able to fully take the bull by the horns coming off of the successful seasons you've had and recruit at, and again, Remember that there are 130 teams in college football. Michigan still routinely has put out, you know, these top 15, top whatever classes. They're still recruiting better than um, you know, almost you know a handful of schools in the country. So like, that's a relative mi- misconception too. But uh, I-, I would think that this staff is going to stay mostly intact. Again, look for a few guys like Minter, Jay Harbaugh to maybe go to the NFL. I think they'll yep. be able to keep Ben Herbert, which I think is. You know, if if keeping Minter is the pipe dream, I think Herbert is the one, the burden hand that I think you'll be able to to probably retain here. Uh, And then you'll have to backfill some other spots. But um, it's an incredibly hardworking group of guys. And, you know, people tend to forget because Jim Harbaugh, you know, he is the face. He was the face. It's weird to say was now, but was the face of the last three years. Uh, One of the big reasons that they flipped the switch the last three years is because, he hired a phenomenal coaching staff full of young guys that work extremely hard and work well together. So I don't expect that to change at all. And I think that, you know, knowing that that is the case, it's another reason why, you know, you have to keep these guys paid why you, you need to give uh, whoever the head coach is the resources they need to make the best hires that, that fit the type of guys they're looking for. And that's the key to all this. Like Sharon Moore has proven that he can coach a game on game day. Um, He's had four opportunities to do that. Uh, The day-to-day stuff is going to be different for him. And and something that changed with Harbaugh was that when he started to take on more of the day-to-day, be the CEO and delegate to his assistants, that's when I think we saw the most successful three seasons of his tenure here. So that's going to remain the key moving forward. And, and I'm confident that they'll be able to, uh, to get that done uh, with whoever the head coach is.
0: We're going to leave it there for today. Fantastic stuff. A B as always head to the Wolverine.com. If you're watching or listening out there, we have a special offer just for you. Promo code U M one gets you two months of premium access over at the Wolverine. So no better time again, to join us over there with a coaching search open assistant coaching searches that will be forthcoming as well as Transfer Portal, all the news on Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting at TheWolverine.com. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see everyone next time.
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.